sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars, as if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. This is your desert-loving, cosmic-loving, universal exploration of a podcast. And if you're new, I welcome you. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful journey of connecting back to the soul and to the spirit and to all the amazing things that make up this just wild human journey that we're on um we're back in the i mean not we're back we're in the new year this is a fresh new year first episode of the new year how was everyone's new year's some people like new year's some people don't i'm in the camp of not liking new year's (laughs) i think that there's other times i mean i always try to find beautiful moments with the new year but I like to now do my intention setting before the new year on the winter solstice and let the new year just be what it is I started this incredible practice of not going on Instagram for a month starting in the new year and I will say that it feels really good and I expected that it was going to feel really amazing to take a little break and to just ground into my own intuitions and my own creative expression and what I I guess didn't realize is how much time it would free up and I found myself in the days feeling like oh I have all this extra time to work on the projects that I'm working on right now specifically for Topanga Moon I'm creating some new project products and going to be launching the love ritual moon box for February for the Valentine season which I'm really excited about so it gave me some time to really just do my research uh, figure out what I need do some photography all of those things that is needed to create and bring products and experiences to everyone and to Topanga Moon. So it was a really, I mean, great thing that I had all this, not all this extra time, but there was extra moments that I wasn't, my attention wasn't pulled from me. And I even found that when I was in Uh, I spent the New Year's at a little lake community and with my boyfriend's family and it's just 
so much nature around. We went skating, hiking, and usually I would want to take out my phone and share the experience, especially when I'm in nature because I know how much that really affects people and I love to share those moments, but I didn't have to and there was nothing to post. Um, So I got to really enjoy those moments for what they were and not having to think of like a photo setup or anything like that and definitely feeling this new energy and this new almost like a confidence that's coming through with this experience because it's really just me every single day in my meditations um, visualizing the world that I want to see and bring in and really just going for it and not having any mirrors to look back on or comparison to feel so going forward I'm definitely going to take breaks throughout I do miss the community I do miss talking to certain people but I've also found that friends have sent me text messages or called me so that's been really cool to notice yeah so I mean all the things that you would normally think would happen during some time away from social media because social media really is about your attention and we're in this attention economy so much of our attention is being taken by these devices and within that there's always the good and the bad there's always that balance that we need to find because if we give too much attention then we get lost in these devices and we become so device-driven that we we don't notice the beautiful world that's around us. We don't connect with nature, which is something that we really need and something that I'm going to get into more in depth here on the episode today. I've been really inspired with different podcasts I've been listening to and information that I've been taking in. I've been listening to tons of podcasts and reading and all of those things because I have more time as I was explaining. I do want to preface this conversation, this exploration that we're going to go on um, with the idea that there's so much nuance, there's so much complexity. Um, It's not always so easy to talk about these concepts especially when they have real world effects on you or personal experiences and I invite you to listen with an open mind and heart and also to acknowledge that this is just one tale this is the experiences I've had what formed my way of thinking and I am always open to new discoveries new ways of understanding the world and looking at things with a nuanced perspective. So I just wanted to say that because this is my personal experiences and I think that's the best place to start and to have these conversations is to share your own personal experiences and and really go back to our intuitive nature, what we feel, what we see, what we observe around us and to really hold compassion for various different ideas in the world. These are complex times and complex complex systems that we are considering. So they deserve a level of complexity in our thinking and in our approach. 
So I hope you enjoy this podcast episode and remember that there is so much to always learn and to move forward from. And I wanted to get into kind of my history and why wellness and health means so much to me, where that all stemmed from and how I got to this conclusion of this true balance of spirituality and science and how I see that as a connection and working together always. And the more that I learn about and really discover my spirituality and spiritual practices, the more that I get reminded of my past in the science world. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today. I think it's a really important topic right now. Um, There's a huge focus on science. There's a huge focus on health. And I think that is the beautiful opportunity that we have for creative solutions to move forward and to create a new earth and we're really being tested we're really being you know bombarded with all this information with all this fear Um, and this is our opportunity to transform that to rise above that and to really come back to what is so important to making us healthy individuals and bring more health and vitality to the world and that's through unity and that's through compassion that's through love that's through love of the self and having that beautiful harmony with nature always you can't take nature out of the equation everything that we need to be healthy individuals comes from nature because we are nature And that is a truth that I learned early on in my years of working in the science field. And I'm going to get into that and how that time in my life really primed me for this time in my life. Um, I always wondered like why I never, I mean, I knew why I never continued to pursue a medical, um, the medical field, but the medical field and health and all of that is like at such a forefront in everyone's consciousness right now and of course for valid reasons and for important reasons but I think we need to um, look above that and kind of step out and start asking the questions of why why are we a society that have these immense struggles with health, even though we've built up this healthcare system over the last, you know, hundred years and more, why is it that there is so like with all of the advances that we have in the scientific world that we're still not finally finding that like healthy equilibrium and, and this is just like my opinion, but I think it's because we've abandoned nature and we haven't thought about the spiritual aspects of it it's that holistic view of our health that really brings about beautiful transformation and change it can never just be the pharmaceuticals you take it can never just be 
you know, that's like putting a Band-Aid on things. And I'll share my experiences of, you know, working in the ER and seeing that firsthand. But it is always a holistic approach. And there's so much about the mind and the spirit that people are still not seeing are a huge part of your health, of what makes you um, a vital, vibrant person. And we can utilize those things through meditation, through other practices that bring this holistic view of health. And that's something I'm always trying to bridge the gap here on the podcast and share my own experiences and knowledge of this. And the more that we can bring that in, and right now it seems like we've just abandoned it because everywhere you look, it's based on fear. There's so much fear that's being propagated in our world, constantly being consumed. And that's a huge reason why also I had to take some time off of Instagram because there was this constant um, barrage of fear. And anyone knows that like fear lowers your immunity. Fear doesn't create the opportunity for creative solutions and a holistic view of healthcare and a holistic view of what being well really means. I mean, we obviously have to have awareness, but if you can step out of everything at this current moment, you'll see that so much fear has been really permeating through our psyches and fear on you know either ends and when you are constantly inundated with the fear messaging um through news broadcasts or through social media channels and all of those things there's this negative vibration that gets shared and gets taken in by your body because whatever we want to create comes from the mind our energy is so important our vibrational field is really this like beautiful thing that we can work with and balance with our with our food and with nature and the things that really make us a vibrant being and i'll get into some of the <laughs> the things though but let me get into kind of my history and and why i've come up i've come to this place of knowing that we need a holistic way of viewing the world especially now really focusing on rising above those fear narratives and going back to this holistic way of looking at our vitality and our connection to the world and all of those beautiful things because it really comes down to that and we had a whole you know there's the, the health and wellness world is still permeating and is still a huge part of our current society but it just seems like the fear has taken over and we need to get back to this place of not letting that determine how we feel on a daily basis and switching the narrative starting to envision the world we want to create 
and rising above all of those things that are getting just <laughs> just thrown at us right now. So I'm going to go back to the beginning and it was when I was in high school. Um, I was studying science. Um, I was really good at sciences and it was something that my family encouraged me to pursue. So at that time, I really believed that medicine was going to be my future, that I was going to go and go to med school and become a physician. So all the signs were leading to that. I also had this secret love of acting and theater and film. And that was something that I was like always doing secretly on the side. But because I was naturally good at the sciences that is something that you know I decided it was what I was going to do so I um, studied science at the University of Toronto and it's a really prominent school for sciences it's really difficult it's really competitive some of the top science students in the country go there and um, I remember being you know at the top of my class in high school and then being way closer to the bottom when I went to university because it was just such a jump to these students who went to science-specific high schools. But anyways, at that same time, I found a book. And this book, I think I was like around 18 years old, so probably my first year of university. And in university, I mean, in sciences, we were taking, you know, the standard courses, molecular biology, chemistry, um, calculus, those very, you know, biology, just all of the standard <laughs> prerequisites to moving forward. Um, and this was the course that you would take majority, like mostly to get into medical school or to pursue medical school. Everyone that I was in the course with was pursuing, um, med school basically so I found this book and it kind of opened my eyes to things that I've never even considered at the time and this was a time um I mean this was like what oh my gosh like 18 years ago I don't even know it's so long ago but um this was a time that we didn't I mean, Facebook was just introduced. We didn't have social media like we do. We didn't really use the internet in the way that we do now. So when I found this book, it was something that I never really considered or thought about or even was introduced to this concept that food could be medicine. And especially going into the, just like a science program, we're not learning about nutrition. We're not learning about food, anything like that. So I found this book, it's called The Hundred Year Lie, and it's how food and medicine are destroying your health. So that was a great book to find when I was literally studying science and going into this medical profession. And I'm just going to read kind of the little insert and to explain this book. And it just really opened my eyes to a new way of looking at um, of healthcare. So... 100 years ago, the promise of better living through chemistry was given to consumers, setting us on a slippery slope 
that introduce thousands of man-made chemicals into our food, water, medicine, and environment. In The Hundred Year Lie, investigative journalist Randall Fitzgerald shatters dozens of myths being perpetrated by the chemical, pharmaceutical, and processed food industries. He shows how early advances led to a buildup of industry and how the profit motive, motive then led companies and even our own government to ignore troubling signs of widespread illness and disease. Are we paying too high a price in our rush for progress? What happens when we blindly rely on the government to keep us safe? What does the future hold if we continue down this path? With a firm grasp on the latest scientific findings, Fitzgerald offers a clear-eyed view of a building crisis in public health. This is a book that demands change. Fitzgerald not only sheds light on the problems we face from this unprecedented chemical onslaught, he tells us how we can turn the tide. So that's just a description of what this book is about. And the way that I you know, remember after reading it was just how it goes throughout your day. And he really pinpoints all the excess chemicals and buildup that we would be acquiring through our man-made products, through our food. Um, and even this was, you know, like I said, this book came out in 2006. So in that time frame, um, even more so we're hearing about um, our soils and how chemical-laden our soils are becoming, which is really just stripping our food of any nutrients that it originally had. And that is such a harmful, destructive way for the future of our agriculture. And this is known right now, and this is really a big thing even if you look at glyphosate in our um in our wheat production and and other things like soybeans and how damaging it is to our system and how basically in this book he was talking about this chemical load that each person has and your body can only basically over time over the compounded interest of smelling ingesting using these chemicals and they're, you know, minuscule amounts, but the, the, just the overtime introduction into your system and how that really affects your health and has then created this um, need for more pharmaceuticals and need for um, the just, you know, so many different things that have so many different issues that have arose in people's health and all signs are pointing to the way that our food is being produced or the excessive amount of chemicals chemicals in our water um in our products in our toothpaste in so many different things that we use on a daily basis and it's something that a lot of people don't think about all the time maybe they can't because they're in a lower economic situation so it's just kind of you know using whatever they're they can they have access to or resources to and it's really not the way the more that we put these 
strenuous pressures on our planet and on our earth, the more that we get sick. And we have a society that has this baseline of sickness. And we're seeing that in so many different ways right now. We're seeing that um, just kind of in, yeah, in various different ways. It's coming through and how many, how much cancer is in our society and, and so many different things, as you know, during our current last two years. So this topic always fascinated me. It infuriated me. It made me look at the way we consider healthcare in, in such a different light. And, and I'm not saying that modern medicine has not created miraculous things for the human body not at all but I am saying that we definitely could benefit not only the earth could benefit but our human bodies can benefit from a holistic perspective in a holistic way of working with our planet and eliminating the chemicals I don't think that more GMOs and more chemicals sprayed on our foods are, I mean, they could yield more product in the interim, but in the long-term run, we're ruining our soils and our even capacity to grow food in the future, and especially in the way that the food is intended to be created. If you strip your food of all the nutrients because of all the chemicals laid in on them, then we're really left with, you know, this need for more um, supplements, more you know, pills, more pharmaceutical uh, solutions, and we're just adding to the issues instead of looking at the root cause and the root problem. And that's what I'm seeing right now um, is in the solutions that are given throughout the last two years. It's this quick, it's this... um, one size fits all it's this don't ask questions kind of way forward where I've always seen that looking at the whole looking at the root problems looking at the long-term goals and the long game having the patience having the humility to be able to ask questions to change the course to um really use the scientific method in the way that it was intended is more of the would have yielded a different result and possibly moved us forward to a society that really cherishes and connects with nature and I think that's what we're finding right now so this was a huge I mean incredible book to find because it really started to make me ask the questions um, that I wasn't considering before. And I started to look at the food that I was eating. And, you know, I'm plant-based now. And I really believe in, like, intuitive eating and eating for your, for your own body. I don't think plant-based is for everybody. And I think it comes down to eating food the way that it was intended to be eaten. Like, whole foods foods from organic um beautiful soils like foods that are made 
from the earth in the way that it was always intended to get the right nutrients, to get everything that your body needs. So eating in a way that like you're eliminating the processed foods, you're eating the whole foods, you're eating organics, um, you're supporting regenerative agriculture because I really believe that's the way to start to reverse some of the things that we've done to our soils and to our earth and everything that we do or to our planet and our soils and our earth we see within ourselves so after finishing university um i actually switched to a different program i still got my science degree but i switched to a different program and i was um i graduated with a human communication and technology degree and the reason being is that I loved I still love the arts and I wanted to be an artist and the only way I could find my path to becoming an artist was to do it so that I could still get my science degree (laughs) it was my little baby step forward so after the second year of hardcore sciences I switched to this different program which I still did sciences I did psychology and I did statistics um, but I was able to do film editing courses and photography courses and so, and graphic design courses and so many other things that really intrigued me. So I had the scientific side and then I had the artistic side, which you wouldn't think goes together. But in this case, for me, it's always been a part of me. And then after graduating, um, I finished my last year doing an internship at MTV, which was an incredible experience that also um, made me know that I wanted to get into television and I wanted to get into film. But it was a difficult transition. And once again, I found myself back working in the hospital. So during this whole time, I was working in um, in the hospital in medical records. And this was just to support my schooling and all those things it was a part-time job but then after university after my internship not being able to find any jobs in the film industry I kind of gave in again and went back to the hospital but now looking back I realized how much I needed those years and how much that changed me as a person and I truly would never change those years for anything I think it just gave me such a new view of the world and um, I'm really proud of that time and I'm proud of like the person that I became because of it so I worked I got a job in the ER and I was a unit clerk which meant that I was assisting the charge nurse and all of the doctors that were in the emergency room ordering tests for patients organizing emergency transfers answering the ER phone line, um, working with the, the, the patient's families that would come in, like transporting the patients to different places throughout the hospital, like so many different things, basically all the administrative work that would assist any of the nurses and the doctor, doctors or at night doctor in the ER. And I worked at night which is also very interesting because let me tell you there is such a different there's a there's different (laughs) cases that would come in at night than during the day um most of the time there would be a lot of quiet moments but at the same time there would be like very intense 
emergencies type of situations that would come in through the night. And it was three years of working mostly night shifts. So I'd start at eight o'clock at night till eight in the morning. (laughs) And it was a crazy time. It was probably the most difficult job I had, the most rewarding. Um, I never, everything I learned in my science degree had no correlation (laughs) to, to working in the ER. I guess it allowed me to be a fast thinker and to kind of understand the science world and I wouldn't have gotten the job unless I had my science degree there was this other certificate that I needed called um, just like a medical terminology certificate but because I already worked in the hospital for so many years and I knew the charting system and I knew the computer system it was just like an easy transition and they taught me everything I needed to know and it was a real like the first two weeks were throwing me into the fire like and if you didn't if you couldn't handle it like you would you would quit and that's what everybody told me like if this there's a certain type of person that innately works in those environments because they can be so intense and stressful and you have to be good in those crazy situations you have to be quick on your feet you have to think quickly you have to multitask you have to be super patient with especially patients families because you can't give out any any information it's all confidential and it was a wild time and I was definitely terrified but at the same time I um I really thrived in that position I was able to was able to work pretty well within those three years and the things that I learned and I saw like there's no way to like I don't know you can only learn in that environment when you're actually in the environment and I saw healthcare in such a completely different way and because I was in the ER I saw the miracles of these doctors and these nurses and the things that they were able to do to save lives in and that was the brilliance of healthcare like that is the side of healthcare that I was like amazed by and I was just blown away by what like what these people were able to do with our modern medicine it was truly remarkable I have so many insane stories I mean my desk was situated right in front of this room called the resuscitation room and I mean I saw it all I saw everything and there's so many stories that I have from that time there'd be so many times where we would have a really you know a real emergency situation coming through where someone's life is truly on the line and you have doctors screaming medical orders at me from across the room and I have to get everything perfectly right because you cannot make a single mistake at any level of this of this system and you're all working together you're all working as a unit and the best groups of people were the ones that were able to really have this unity within the working situation so it really opened my eyes and then there was another part of the er 
where a lot of people would come in with, you know, what I would call a chronic illness. So some of the most like popular things, I guess, not popular, but like the most prevalent coming through would be chest pain or nausea. So somebody who had the flu or somebody who had chest pains, you know, and chest pains we would bring in right away. And it, we, it was a very serious thing, obviously to take through. And, um, but I saw time and time again, because we would do these routine orders and, you know, you start to try to figure out, you know, where's the root cause. And there were some interesting things that I noticed throughout my time working there that so many of the people coming in expected to leave with a medication, with a prescription, even if perhaps they didn't need one, because that is the, that is the like idea of like, go into the ER, they give me a prescription, I use it, I'm better, I'm okay. And I guess that is the function of a place like that. It's so much harder to, um, especially for the ER, it's like so much harder to, you can't work long term with these patients. That's something for the family doctor to do. But that is one observation I had is that every single person just definitely just expected and wanted a prescription. And sometimes these doctors would would not prescribe anything because they realized that that person didn't need a prescription for whatever reason. And the people would get angry (laughs) because it was such an expectation. And what I realized from this experience, and I'm not saying this was like the general consensus because once again, this was an emergency room. So what we were working with was for the most part, especially at night, emergency situations, you know, life-saving, incredible um, things. But on the other hand, when we were kind of um, really filled up and busy is because it was flu season or because, you know, all those things where it's, we were seeing patients in a way sometimes that they could have gone to their family physician or other places. But regardless, the main thing that I was noticing is that, and I always thought about this, I'm like, there needs to be more. Like we need to look at this system as a whole and to say, what is the root cause? And I always ask myself when I was looking at these patients' charts or, or with these people, and I'm like, what is the root cause? Like, why is this person on so many different medications? Um, is there a way to possibly eliminate them, to find holistic solutions, to find um, the right nutrients, the right exercise, the right, you know, the, the things that in your life that you can change to make it better, to make it more harmonious with, with nature. And it was just such an eye-opening moment to see that it was just kind of, you know, the pharmaceuticals were kind of the thing. Like that is just the way of life and the way that people believe that it's the only option sometimes. And I always ask the question of like, what is the root why are these people constantly coming in over and over again or adding more medications to their um, to their list of medications? Uh, you know, could this 
chronic situ or this like emergency situation been possibly avoided, you know, or could it have been lessened or could it have been like changed in that moment, changed for the better. And it was this very incredible time where I learned so much about what it means to have a holistic way of living. Um, and I thought in that moment, like if I were to be pursue medical, like the medical field, I would get into, I'd probably become like a holistic doctor and really focus my efforts on that. And that time period just like inspired me to look at health and wellness in such a different way while also appreciating the medical miracles that were given. And it is this balance. It is this, you know, beautiful symbiotic relationship that we need to have. And I think that if we can really get back to what in nature that we can find to make us more whole, uh, what, what can we do for our minds? What can we do for our spirit? Even the, even like the idea of finding work that fulfills your soul and having a meaningful life can really transform your health and give you something with purpose and meaning. And, um, so yeah, so that is a time that really allowed me to see things in such a different way and, was this incredible experience and this learning experience and something that I always think about and I always go back to. And then after that, I worked in the post-op surgery unit where I was doing medical transcription for all of the surgeries that would come in. And that was a completely different place too. And it was so fascinating to, to learn about that and to see that aspect of the medical world um once again some incredible life-saving surgeries but then you're seeing the slew of medications that you're put on afterwards and it's just like yeah it's this interesting thing but I always go back to this is the one lesson that I always keep going back to what is the root and how can we make it holistic how can we find this you know balance within nature and within science so that time in my life, I left that to pursue acting. It was something that I always wanted to do. And I knew that my time in the medical world was, was over. I had my experience and I'm so grateful for that time. But it really informed who I am today. I ask so many questions. I'm so curious. I really developed this critical mind. And I think that is important for this time right now. Um, especially in a time where it seems like we're not allowed to ask questions and that really kind of scares me because if you're not allowed to ask questions and you get shunned for even speaking about it or asking the questions, then where have we gone? Like how far have we gone to kind of idolize the pharmaceutical industries? And as I've seen in this book, The 100-Year Lie, it's really this slow progression over time, this reliance, this, and in this right now, this, this time in our lives, like this ide 
ideological, like putting on a pedestal, this idea of science. And being someone who studied science and working, you know, in the labs in university, science is meant to be questioned. Science, there's a scientific method. Science is not, oh, science. It is not a thing, it's a concept. It is a method of understanding our reality. It's a method of, of testing and questioning and coming together and uniting. And when we were in these labs, we would be with our peers, asking questions, comparing notes, um, comparing the, the studies that we did. And that was the way to start to understand. And every time we thought we got it, we never did. And the same thing when I was working in the ER. Every time I just assumed something, it was something completely different. And I had to always be watching, questioning, looking around. Um, like, there were so many things that surprised me, you know? Somebody comes in with something and it's something completely different, the cause of it, than I ever would have expected. And it was a fascinating time. It was always fast moving. And we were always asking questions. And that is the beauty of, of science. And that's how science works so magically with our spiritual world. There's so much mysticism in our nature. There's so much mysticism in our, um, in our scientific worlds. And the more that we study and look at the universe and look into these methods, the more that we see how much spirit is there and I think that there's a, a lot of community or not a lot, but there's communities who really cherish that, um, who recognize that, who work within those models. And the more that we respect and understand that we are a part of nature, the more that we can see that we are a part of that mystical system. There's so much that we need to still understand. And there's so much that we have created through our advancements but nothing compares to the the brilliance of nature the the way that it was always designed i think this might be a longer episode than i realized but there's just so much that i can talk about so this leads me to um the thing i like to call the year of water for me so as an artist i am constantly exploring these concepts because they're just fascinating to me and I want to beautifully bring together my love of science and my love of art creativity and the spiritual world and I believe it's that combination that we really get the holistic way of being so the year of water for me I've been fascinated by water and especially with my episode on water that you can find in the podcast it's with Isabel Friend who is this expert in water and the most imagine like amazing mystical qualities that water has and how important water is as a living thing and water is life water creates life and we are here because of water and the things that we can do with water I really believe is the things that can save our planet and help us move towards that beautiful symbiotic relationship that we need to have that that feminine energy that we need to bring in to nurture and work within nature 
and then just you know the things I want to do this year is work on some of my film projects that have a focus on water um I really think water is going to be the next thing that people are going to be talking about and be really at the forefront of your mind the contamination that we've done to the to water um the fact that we're not drinking alive water in our bodies and systems I mean we're seeing the result of that like we need living water in our body and living water is created perfectly through springs it's like already innately structured water in the way that it moves throughout a spring so my work explores this enduring desire to understand the universe as a vehicle for understanding human relationships, exploring love as the connective tissue that runs through science and mysticism. And that is my big focus this year. Another thing I wanted to, to note, which I thought was like such a powerful thing, I think I heard, um, it was from Dr. Zach Bush, and this is some of the things that he spoke about in a podcast episode recently and I've loved his work so much and I just think that he is such a beautiful example of exactly that that um this desire to understand the consciousness of the universe while also appreciating and looking at the science and the and the the wellness industry and I love that he also has this huge like lifetime of working in the medical field um, but also this reverence for our spiritual life for our consciousness for um, that connection to nature I think that his work is really so incredible so needed and so beautiful at this time so sovereignty is a state of abundance I thought that was such a beautiful sentiment our sovereignty, our bodies, sovereignty is a state of abundance. Abundance comes when we can be sovereign, when we can make those choices, when we can be free within the universe with that understanding that everything that we choose relates to the abundance of the universe. And something else that he um, discovered and talked about, I, don't, I mean, he didn't discover it, but he talked about in this podcast episode was the human cell is not the center of the human health, which is something that we thought of for so long. And this is a complete shift in the way that we can even look at human health. And once again, this is looking at the scientific method that things are always changing, that we're learning new things all the time. I remember in university, I had a whole course called the biology of the cell. The cell was everything. That was the basis of our, of our studies. So instead, an ecosystem of microbes is at the center of human health. The whole ecosystem. And this brings me back to that notion, that idea that I thought of when I was working in the ER of like, what is the root? What is the system? The root, I always refer back to the root and you think of the root of the tree. That is the connective system that connects to all the other trees and the communication and brings the nutrients and all the things. It's underneath. It's the root that's in the ground 
that determines the health of the tree. And we need to look at the root. We need to look at our ecosystems within our body. At the same time, those ecosystems are being reflected in our world. So we're seeing the transformation of the ecosystem because we need it. We need to have this connection to all of all of nature and really revert like think of it as sacred because when we do that all of our actions change our motivations change and it's not about extraction from the earth anymore it's about that unity with the earth and finding creative solutions to do that And as soon as we start to do that or implement that more, not only within our own individual lives, but as a whole, as a united world of people wanting to do things for the earth and not from the earth, that's when our systems, our health systems will change dramatically. Because then we won't be contaminating our waters. We'll see them as are living beings like we'll see them as the things that make life the thing that makes life so i think that we're in a time of you know this awakening of the feminine energy and i always go back to this concept of creative solutions because there's all this talk about going back to normal going back to normal in this time but we are at this like pivotal moment of transformation within our human consciousness and there's this awakening there's this like um there's this beautiful eye-opening moment and when we can look past the fear that has been circulating we can see this consciousness shift awakening and moving us forward So we're in this awakening of the feminine energy to balance out all the masculine that has been here. And we need both. And this is, we're at the precipice of, you know, a new point in humanity. And it is very exciting. It's terrifying. It's, we're seeing these things moving so fast and this changes so fast. But getting back to what we can do on an individual level and what we can do on a societal level. And I think that individually it's rising above and envisioning the world that you want to see and knowing that you are nature. I keep going back to that, but I think that it's so important. So everything comes back to the return to the land, the respect for the land and working with the spirits of the land, knowing that we are nature. Like I've been really honing in on, um, And everything that we need for true healing comes from that. It's that ecosystem. It's that treating the systems as wholes. Um, So we are here to forge a new pathway beyond the chemical. And when you have true health, you have true wealth. So this is where, once again, water comes in and my fascination and dedication to water and something that I really want to focus on this year is the importance of water. And it kind of goes back to everything. You know, when we start to treat the world around us in a 
way that we're revering it and our unity within each other and understanding that that compassion that's needed for everyone right now regardless of your stance on anything we really need that unity to come together as a collective to shift forward and to forge a new path forward there's opportunity for for growth here there's opportunity for new and it's not this reliance on the pharmaceutical industries it's knowing that sovereignty is our abundance and that's a beautiful place to be because when we can be conscious of that and centered in that the universe always brings blessings and that's kind of like this beautiful prayer i i said a couple months ago with the spirits with the universe is that only bring me projects that really align with my ethics and I can happily say that making that kind of contract and that voicing those desires out loud has allowed the path to find the most creative, beautiful collaborations I've had with people. And the things that are not meant for me just don't even come into my, my worldview. So water. Water is the most critical, critical element on the planet. Water is literally life. And water is the way forward. So an incredible philosopher, inventor, and really the forefather of this knowledge of water is Victor Schauberger. And we talk about him on the podcast episode I did with Isabel Friend. I keep referring back to it because I really think that it's such a beautiful, powerful episode and you're going to get so much from it. But he said that Water is the blood of Mother Earth. Oh, it's so beautiful. In natural waterways, such as rivers and streams, water flows in vortex-like motions, never settling, never stopping, but staying faithful to this pattern. The ever-transforming flow allows water to keep its molecular structure, which is more than just a chemical formula, and this structure gives life. So no other substance known to us has the same characteristics as water. What we mean is that once water is taken out of its natural habitat, pumped, pressured, and put in narrow pipes, as we usually do, it loses its vitality. And I think that we can think of that as us too. Unnatural treatment hardens water, disturbs its molecular state of equilibrium, and strips it of its hydrating, self-purifying, life-giving properties. So, yeah, there's so much to talk about, but I wanted to give the podcast a basis of the work that I want to create this year and also where I came from and why this podcast exists to begin with and why I'm so passionate about talking about true health and wellness, why I think it's so important that we have these questions and these discussions and these communications with each other, how I believe in creative solutions, 
what I've seen in my past and how I think that there needs to be um, this complete shift in our systems in a way that we can use technology for its good but work within our natural systems, our nature. There's so much magic and beauty in nature and our bodies itself know how to heal and repair even within the mind if you follow Dr. Joe Dispenza's work um, he's a big influence on my life and has taught me so much about all of that but there's so much that we can there's so much opportunity here and I know that there's been a lot of fear-based talking and all of those things but I as much as I could go more into that realm on this episode, I really wanted to focus on what I learned and the creative solutions and what we can do, how we can forge a path forward. How can we create a new earth? Those are the important questions right now. And sovereignty is the path to abundance. And I think when we remember that, we know that when we choose sovereignty for ourselves and go back to our intuition, go back to our curious minds, our critical thinking, our um, looking at things as a whole, as a system, we can start to be those change makers individually and then collectively. So that is today's episode. Um, I hope you have a beautiful day and a beautiful start to your new year. I have some exciting interviews coming up for you. And I'm going to have my Topanga Moon Love Shop open soon, which I'm very excited about. It's going to be everything that you need to create ritual in your life. And yeah, ritual is something that is so important for this. To get back to ritual, to create ritual for ourselves those moments of self-love, those moments of ritualizing with the moon. Um, we get to honor the moon. So I'm going to have my love moon box, everything you need to call in more self-love, call in a partner, um, just bring more love to your life. And it's really beautiful. I'm so excited to share it with you and some other beautiful Topanga Moon products for love month <laughs> it's kind of one of my favorite times which is not ironic but ironic because for so long I was single and I've always loved valentine's day I think that the idea obviously commercialized but the idea of celebrating love is so beautiful I love all the colors I love just the energy that is in this time it makes February feel really special so I mean I'm the lover of love, right? Like I write about love and share so much. So it obviously this is something that I want to um, bring some beautiful products to the website. So you'll see that. And I also have a full moon uh, meditation coming out for the full full moon, the wolf moon for January 17th. I'll probably have it released this weekend that'll be great um you're loving the meditations so I'm just so excited to bring them to you because meditation has transformed my life I think meditation is so beautiful and a part of my wellness practice and I'm excited to share them with you so 
that's what I have going on for Topanga Moon. Um, yeah, if you ever want to contact me, if you want to chat about this episode or any of the other episodes, please send me an email. I'll have all that information in the description below. But I hope you enjoyed this episode of Topanga Moon.